Let the redeemed of the Lord. The redeemed means someone, someone that's bought back or something that's bought back, right? When you take your cans in to the Can Redemption Center, you, your cans get redeemed, right? And oh, This place, this church is a redemption center for sinners. A redemption center for sinners like me and like you. Amen? Sometimes we don't like to call ourselves sinners because it, it's like we're admitting to something. You know? It's like we're admitting our guilt. But that's, that's really what we're doing, isn't it? We are admitting our guilt. We're admitting that we, we've screwed up. We've made bad choices or we've disobeyed, really. You know? Well, disobeyed what? Well, disobeyed God's word, God's laws, His standard for us. I want you to know this morning that um, God has been moving. And uh, I had a completely different message prepared. And uh, poor Bill. I get him all my notes as early as I can, which is not very early. Doesn't give him much time to do the PowerPoint and stuff and make things look real pretty, but um, I had given him all of my notes as of last night, and um, as I went to bed last night, I, I, I just began to feel something was stirring. And God was moving. And there's something, there's something that he wants you to hear today. And maybe it's something you've heard a hundred times. Those of you who have been Christians for a long time, can you raise your hand if you heard some things more than once? You hear it a lot, don't you? You know, maybe I was raised in a pastor's home. Good Lord, I've heard the scriptures (laughs) all my life, you know. When the doors are open at the church, I was here. You know? But I'm telling you, there's something about the Word of God. The Bible says that the Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. What is that? Hebrews 4, 12? Something like that? I don't have it down, but something like that. The Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts on both sides, you know what I mean? And it's able to cut between bone and marrow, the Bible says. You know, that marrow is right attached, is, is right inside of that bone, isn't it? And the Word of God is able to cut between that stuff. And it hits you between the eyes. The Word of God hits you between the eyes. You ever have a parent or an aunt or uncle or grandparent or somebody in your life that tells you the way it is? They don't pull any punches. They just tell you the way it is, whether you like it or not. But, you know, for your benefit, mostly, right? Hopefully. But man, they just hit you square in the eyes, and, and it hurts sometimes. It hurts. Because the truth, the truth hurts sometimes. Sometimes we need to be told we're sinners. That kind of ruffles our feathers a little bit. 
and it hurts our pride, and, and it hits us between the eyes. But you know what? Unless we recognize that we are sinners, there is no hope for us. Because you know what? Unless we recognize that we're sinners, we're doing it all on our, on our own. We're doing it on our own power. And how many of you know you can't do it on your own power? The Word of God is meant to hit you between the eyes. Jesus didn't pull any punches. He told the truth. He told the truth. He told us the way. He showed us the way to salvation. He led the way to the cross. Last week, we celebrated what was done on, that, on a cross, something, something like this. This is just a small representation of what Jesus was nailed to so many years ago. There are things in our lives that would, that would keep us bound and fettered, shackled. You may have heard the expression, the old ball and chain, right? And you're dragging this chain around. You just can't get very far, that old chain, and just dragging that old ball around. You just can't seem to get anywhere. And you're bound and there is no freedom for you. No freedom. But in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, and I, I didn't have this down there, so I think that's the verse, but it says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, what is truth, you may ask? What, what's the big deal? Pilate asked that question, didn't he? What is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one. So you may have been taught or you may think in your, in your head, in your mind, well, once I die, I automatically go to heaven. It's kind of a default thing. We just end up there. That's where we all go. If that's the case, Jesus had no reason to die and his death was useless. But God saw that we were fallen from Adam and Eve. All of creation has been fallen. We are prone to sin. We are prone to go our own way, as the word says. And because of that, we need a Savior. We need to be redeemed. And years and years ago, they would take a bull or a goat or, or some sort of thing, a lamb, and they would sacrifice that pure lamb in a, in a way to make atonement, make up for our sins. And every so often, you have to do that. The Bible says that Jesus was the sacrifice once for all, for all of us, that we too could be free from our sin. In, a lot of, in churches, you hear sin a lot. What's the big deal with the sin thing? I don't get it. I'm a good person. 
I go to church, I, I do this, I help people, I give money to the different organizations, and I'm a good person, so what's the big deal about sin? The Bible says that our righteousness, the best that we could be, our righteousness stinks before God. It smells. It's, it, it smells like a sewer. So the best that we could ever hope to offer God is, is yucky. It's yucky. It stinks. Why? Because God is so pure and so holy. There's no way that we could ever hope in our own power to make up for the sin that we have done before God. And so because of this, we needed Jesus to die on the cross. And God sent in John 3.16. Would you turn there with me? John 3.16. You may have learned this in Sunday school as a child. One of the most important verses you'll ever read. For God so loved the world. Who's the world? Us. For God so loved you and me that he gave his one and only son. Who's that? Jesus. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? Everlasting life. But we know that our bodies are not going to live forever. forever. We're feeling the, the strain on our bodies right now, probably. Yeah, our joints are swelling. Our joints are feeling bad. We go to stand up. We hear this groan. <laughs> you get up in the morning, and it's like, oh, man. Of course, I don't feel that stuff, but I know that some of you guys do. But we know that we're not going to live forever. But our spirits, man, when, when we die, our spirit's going to go someplace. And that place is going to either be with God or it's going to be someplace where God is not. You don't want to go someplace where God is not. You want to go to heaven where God is. That's where you want to be, I would hope. And that's what God wants for you. God wants the very best for you. He wants you to be where he is. He loves you. And so he has provided at every opportunity for you to be with him. Jesus said in the word, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he was telling his disciples that I'm going to be leaving you very soon. And of course that bothered them. And he says, where I go, you can't come. But if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be where I am. Always that father heart of God. Maybe some of you here, that's, that's difficult to relate to because maybe the father that you had was, was tough on you or was not the greatest father. And that happens, mom, same way, okay? But that's not the way our heavenly father is. Amen? Amen. That's not the way our heavenly father is. You know, our earthly parents, they do the best they can. But our heavenly father, our heavenly father has provided a way through his son Jesus Christ, 
the, the spotless lamb, as it were, the sacrifice that gave himself on a cross, such as that. And he, he died carrying our sin. When he was on that cross, all of our sin, all of our disobedience, knowing it or not, the, the sin that we cause, you know, when we sin, sometimes we know about it and we say, I'm going to do it anyway. Other times it's like, well, I just didn't know. When you get pulled over for something, you tell a police officer, well, I didn't know that it was a 30 mile an hour speed limit, so I was going 55. Is that going to help you at all? Probably not. And we got a couple police officers in our midst here that can probably tell you better than I can, but it's not going to help you. So what is that? Ignorance of the law is what? No excuse. Okay? So when we sin, sometimes we know about it, sometimes we don't. But it doesn't change that it's sin. Okay? And it's all and it's all dirty before God. And so Jesus went to the cross carrying all of our sin. Last week we read in Isaiah how the, all of our infirmities and all of the sin of the whole world was placed on him. And he bore the iniquities, the sins of us all when he was on that cross. And he said that I could, have, I could call, if my kingdom, because they call, he was king of the Jews, right? And so he says, if my kingdom was of this world, I could have called, and my kingdom would have fought for me to take me down from this cross. But I'm here for a different reason. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. So that you may once and for all be set free from that sin. And so when he's hanging on that cross, the sin of the world, the weight of the world was upon his shoulders. And when he died, hallelujah, every sin that we have ever committed and will ever commit died with him. Three days later, three days later, he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave, signifying that we too, though we died with Christ, we rise again in him and through him. Our spirits rise up again, and we can be a new man from here on out. We can be a new woman from here on out. You've you've been given another chance to change the person that you have been. Isn't that awesome? How many of you have ever wished, man, I wish I could do that again? You ever wish that you could hit that redo button? Isn't that the most awesome thing when you're typing and editing and whatever? Oh, redo that one. That's, fix that in a hurry. There is no redo button, but there is salvation and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's something to get excited about. That's something to be happen about. That's something to be praising like we just did. When you think of those things, those songs mean so much more because it's personal. It's personal, man. It's not just religion. It's not just church. It's love. 
It's real. It's truth. Hallelujah. And so God made a way for us to be once again in right standing with him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, if you would turn there with me. To some people, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For those who don't understand, for those who choose, choose to reject, okay? Because there is a choice that has to be made. We talked about being a default. It's not a default that you end up in heaven when you die. It doesn't happen that way. In order for you to end up with Christ in heaven, you have had to make a choice in your life sometime to say, yes, I receive you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. And I receive what you did on that cross as payment for my sin. The ball has been placed in your court, if you will. And God is waiting for you to make the decision. Yes, I will receive you, or no, I will not. said that if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. And the, the opposite is also true. If you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you also before my Father. You see, one day we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, the Father, the judge, as judge And we will give an account, the Bible says, for every careless word we've spoken. That scares me. That scares me. (laughs) And I would stand before God the Father on that day, before that judgment throne, and that gavel falls. Bam! And he looks at me and he says, You are guilty. Your sin, you stink. And then he looks again. He says, oh, wait a minute. I see the blood of Jesus on you. I see the blood of Jesus on you. You resemble my boy. <laughs> I see my bl- the blood of my son on you. You are free to go. You are free to go. Today is the day. The cross. Oh my God. And this phrase is just going around in my head and around and around. The cross changes everything. It changes everything. A whole life filled with sin and remorse and sadness can be changed in an instant by the power of the cross. And all it takes is a simple decision for us to say yes. And you may not have the words and you may not know how to pray. Don't worry about any of that. Just, can you say yes? Can you do that? All you gotta do is say yes, Jesus. 
That's all it takes. And God says, come here. And he just grabs a hold of you. He gives you a big hug. One day, we're going to hear one of two things. We're going to hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you. Away from me. I don't know who you are. Yeah, but I, I'm supposed to go to heaven. Isn't that, it's my default. I've been a good person. I went to church. I did this. I did that. I don't, I don't know who you are. Away from me. Or you're going to hear these words. Well done. <laughs> well done. Good and faithful servant. Come on. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Come on. Come on with me. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Which are you going to be? Yeah. The cross changes everything. In Romans chapter 3, would you turn there with me? I'm glad that God changed the message I had. I'm winging it. I hope that's okay with you. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Not me. I'm a pastor. I got it all together, right? I'm perfect. Oh, my Lord. I need Jesus just as much as the rest of you do. Down to verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know what that means? That every single one of us, no matter how we think we are, does not measure up to God's standard. And because of that, we are guilty. We are found guilty. Let's turn to Romans 5.8, a few pages over maybe. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now let me, let me just focus on that just for a moment. While we're still sinners, while you were the way that you were, and I was the way that I was, Christ still died for us. You know, sometimes we feel like we got to fix ourselves up, get rid of the drinking, get rid of the drugs, get rid of the carousing before we go to church, and then we can get fixed up, right? That's not the way it works. Though sometimes the church makes you feel like that, unfortunately. We talk about this an awful lot here. Sometimes the church, religion makes you feel that you got to get yourself fixed up. Don't come in here if you smoke. Don't come in here if you ain't dressed just right. 
your hair's out of order, you ain't got no tie on, you got mud on your shoes, you're guilty, don't come in here. God, God, forgive us. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that. Because you know what? Not one of us is without sin. Not one. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what that means. And so you come as you are. You come whatever you got on. You come however bad your life has been. All the bad decisions you've, you've, you've made in your life. You come just as you are because God loves you the way that you are. Without you fixing anything up. Does God expect certain things of us? You better believe he does. But he's never going to keep you out. Never. Though sometimes religion makes you feel that way. That's not going to happen here. That's not going to happen here. You got friends, you got family that need Jesus? You bring them. You bring them. We'll do our best to welcome them the way Christ has welcomed us. That's the way. That's true Christianity, friends. And so we stand before God guilty and he proclaims us free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Is free indeed. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. 2 Corinthians 5.17, and I don't have this down. If you can get to it, great. If you can't, don't worry about it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The old person you used to be, gone. Behold, Jesus says, look, everything is new. The cross changes everything. The old person, the old one, if, if you say yes to Jesus, and behold, everything is made new. Hallelujah. Friends, that is good news. That's, you've heard the phrase, the gospel. That's it. <laughs> That's the gospel, the good news. That is the good news. That's why we're having church. That's why we're meeting together. That's why we're celebrating. That's why we're worshiping. few verses down, verse 23. And so we've been proclaimed guilty. We've, we fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We just read it. And in, in verse 23, it says this, for the wages of sin is death. Now, what are wages? Well, wages are something you get for something you've done, right? You work. It's your payment. It's, it's your, your check, your paycheck, all right? So when we sin, our paycheck deserves death, according to the Bible, okay? According to the law of God. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Okay? 
You sin, you die. Except for Jesus. And the wages of sin, it says, is death. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Thank God it doesn't end there. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Eternal life. Life forever with him after we die. Yes? Romans 8, 1. Therefore, it's like all of this other stuff added up and you put a big equal line underneath it, equals this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation, what is that? To condemn somebody, pronounce them guilty, right? Isn't that kind of what that means? Isn't that the figure you get? To condemn someone to die, right? You're condemning them for something they did. But listen to what this says. And sometimes we feel guilty, don't we? We always always feel guilty and sometimes we don't know what to do about it or we feel like there's no hope for us. Even if we're Christians, sometimes we carry that guilt around, right? But in verse 8-1, it says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus today? Are you in Christ Jesus? Because if you're not in Christ Jesus, that condemnation remains. The Bible says in John 3.17, if, if you want to turn there, the Word of God is like living water. It's just... It flows over you. It cleans you. It's, it's, it's like a spring. It's that, that old faithful geyser that is, where is that? Yellowstone pack? Yeah? Jellystone? No. National. <laughs> hey, baby. Right? It's like that living water. Spirit cleanses us and it makes us free. Let me, t- let me just tell you something. When you are in Christ, when you're in Jesus, and you've received what he has done for you, you are free. And you can feel it. You can literally feel the weight of the world has been taken off of your shoulders. It says, if Jesus came himself and just took that weight, and he just took it off, just took it off and go free. I took care of that weight on the cross because the cross Changes everything. Oh, the cross is done for me. <clears throat> John three seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to do what? To condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Can I just have Bill alone come to the piano? Would you stand with me today? God wanted you guys, and me included, to hear this today. He wants you. He wants the best for you. We, we read recently how in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. 
Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Do you see how that's just all blessing? God just wants to bless you. God loves you. He wants you to be with him. He wants the very best for you. Sometimes that's not the picture that we get about God, is it? And we've talked about this a lot here where we feel like sometimes God is just, we're like a bug and God is just waiting for the right moment to just, ah, gotcha! Sometimes we feel like that. But that's not the heart that God has towards his people at all. God loves you. And he's provided a way for you to live in right standing with him so that you don't need to fear. You don't live, need to live in fear. You don't need, need to live in guilt. Mm-mm. He's provided a way. All you need to do is say, yes, Jesus. <laughs> we have up here, we call it an altar. It's just really a place to come and you can just kind of lay things down. Lay your burdens down. Burden, something heavy you carry, right? And this is just a place. It means a lot to us because most of us have spent quite some time here shedding tears of sorrow, tears of joy. It's just a place where you come and, and you can just take all your woes and just, just leave them there. God is inviting you today to take notice of what the cross has done for you. He's provided you with the opportunity to lay it all down and to say, I don't want that life anymore. I want the gift of God in my life. If that's you, Will you come forward? Can I have the prayer team come forward? We got some people here that, that love to help other people and uh, to pray for them. And, and so I promise you, when you come up here, you won't be alone. But we'll, we're, we're here with you. And you know what else? We've made that decision as well. We've, we've walked that walk. Hear me? We've walked that walk. God is inviting you to come. As Bill sings this song and as we sing together, will you come? Will you bow your knee and just let, will you just come and lay it all down and just say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Let's come, brother. Mm. Everett is saying that the word of the Lord this morning was saying that bring your petitions before me. Petitions is a need, a desire. A, sometimes it involves change. A lot of petitions do, right? Bring these things. Bring them right now to God. Just come as we sing right now, brother. And there's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. And there's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide where all the love 
I've ever found Comes like a flood Comes flowing down At the cross, at the cross I surrender my life I'm in awe of you I'm in awe of you Where your love ran red And my sin washed white I owe all to you I owe all to you Jesus Jesus There's a place Where sin and shame Are powerless Where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness. Where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life I'm in awe of you I'm in awe of you Where your love ran red And my sin, oh, it washed white I owe all to you I owe all to you At the cross, at the cross I surrender my life I'm in awe of you I'm in awe of you Where your love ran red And my sin washed white I owe all to you I owe all to you Here my hope is found I surrender my life I'm in awe of you I'm in awe of you Where your love ran red And my sin, oh, it washed white I owe all to you I owe all to you At the cross, at the cross I surrender I'm in awe of you, I'm in awe of you, where your love ran red, and my sin, oh, it washed white, I owe all to you, I owe all to you, Jesus.